Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Mark chapter 9, and um, I've got kind of, uh, I'm, I'm trying to set this up. Um, so there's a lot of kind of stuff before we get to Mark chapter 9. So you don't really have to turn there yet, but you can turn there right away. But um, this morning, what we want to do, and really through the whole month of January, is kind of carry a theme for us for, for this season, and then also really for the, for the new year and throughout the whole entire year, corporately and individually. Um, for us to, to recognize or, or to kind of give you this series that starts off with only God can do it. Only God can do it. And then it's got kind of this little tagline that says setting the course for a breakthrough year. For us, we have been in prayer as a, as a team. We've been going before the Lord, asking him, Lord, give, give us a direction, a wisdom, uh, the wisdom of God, so that we can be able to kind of navigate this, this season coming up. And we felt like the Lord said, hey, I want, us, I want you uh, individually, but also corporately to begin to press in for a breakthrough year. To realize that, yes, man, we have been through 2020, we've been through 2021, but really, God's got something special with 2022. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. Even when, when you say God's got something special for 2022, I don't know if you fall into this boat or this category, but you know, I, sometimes we've turned the corner and you're like, man, it just seems like it's gotten worse. It seems like this has happened and that's happened. Like even in, in our, 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 um, other, on our other campuses, uh, we've already gotten word of, of two deaths, deaths already. We've, we've got other people that are, are battling COVID in the hospital, pneumonia, things like that. And you're thinking, oh man, when we hit a new year, you're usually like, okay, man, fresh start. This is it. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. But then realizing that, you know what, sometimes there's still things that happen, the things that still go on. And so when that happens, I think sometimes, at least for me, I always feel like, okay, man, I got a new season here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after those things that maybe were unreachable last year that I set for me, or, or maybe unattainable, or really kind of maybe even seemed impossible. Have you ever thought about something like that? Like, man, I'm, man, this year, I really feel like the Lord put this on my heart, but man, that's an impossibility. I don't know how in the world that's going to work. But see, the thing is, is that God really wants us to understand that, you know what? I want to do the impossible in your life. Each and every one of us. God wants to do the impossible. Because, I don't know, sometimes you look at it and go, man, you know what? I've been praying for this forever, but I haven't seen anything happen. I've been trying to do this or even discipline my life. Man, I'm going to have a better year with the Lord. I'm going to make sure that I get involved in, in, with God more. And I'm going to eat all this stuff. And then you know what? You turn around and you look at the, the end of the year and you're like, man, that didn't really happen for me again. But see, God wants, to, wants us to, to get this confidence to be able to say, you know what? This year is going to be different. Because I'm going to engage myself in this relationship to a level that God can do the impossible in me and through me. Amen to that? See, that, that's where our hearts should be set. See, we, we should realize and recognize that we live, right? We can set ourselves up and we can posture ourselves to live under an open heaven. That God can pour out his blessing. God can pour out the impossible through us as his children. Me, I, I, 
wouldn't it be awesome to encounter somebody that needs prayer, that needs healing, and God uses you to pray for that person, and that person is healed, right? When the doctor says, that's impossible. There's no way. But it's possible through God, right? And it's possible because who, who else is the channel that God uses to touch people? It's you and I as believers. God uses us to touch other people. And so he wants us to get ourselves in a position to where we believe the impossible can happen. Not because we're great. Not because we're superstars for Jesus. Not because we've got all this this stuff going on. It's because the fact is, is that we are humbly submitting ourselves to the one who can do impossible. To do the impossible. But see, we got to find ourselves in that position we got to find ourselves in that, that humble position. And, and you know what? And, and maybe even put aside that, that time, those times when we look at it and say, well, you know what? I, I, man, I'm just really imperfect. I'm just, I'm just, I don't have perfect faith like you do, Pastor Scott. I don't have this, this, this ability sometimes. Well, okay. But see, who, whose fault is that? I want to get true with you. Whose fault is that? Is that my fault? Is that God's fault? Not when God, and we'll look at some scripture here, not when God shares that says, hey man, I'm the God of the impossible, but as a believer, all things are possible through me. See, so it's, it, it, the onus is on us. Church, hear that. The onus is on us. It's not on God. See, God, God's just looking for a vessel who would be submitted in, in humility to him. And you know what? All it says, all it says is you need a mustard seed of faith. Mustard seed is small, almost to the point where you can't even see it. Man, that's all I need. Yet it becomes so hard sometimes to grab a hold of and, and to have in my life. And so Luke Chapter 1, verse 37 says this, okay? And, and really, this is um, the title of our message. But, and I'll just give you the title of the message. Let's just do that. The God of the impossible, okay? We, we want to build in, in the coming weeks through January, we want to build ourselves up to believe that God is the God of the impossible. That we are a people, as his children, who can walk with the God of the impossible, that we can bring the God of the impossible into any situation because you have this relationship with him. Man, that's good news. That should be exciting, right? I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan. And man, I keep asking God, do the impossible. Let us win a bowl game, (laughs) right? And we ain't winning bowl games, man. It's sad. Yeah, maybe next year. My wife says, thanks, honey, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, that's all I got to go on. But, 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 but understand that, you know what, we, we bring with us the impossible because of who God is in our life. But this is what Luke 137 says. For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God. What does that mean? To me, that means, hey, God does the impossible. But the other thing is, is you know what, I got to bring God with me right? I got to carry God with me wherever I go. And, and so then if I'm carrying God with me, then why can't he do the impossible? Right? Oh my gosh, how amazing 
that would be, right? I mean, when, I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever prayed for someone and then they get answered prayer. If you've ever felt like, hey, God heard it. God heard me pray for them. This is awesome. And I've told you stories. Sometimes I feel like I've prayed the worst prayer ever. And people come back and go, man, that prayer you prayed, it was awesome. And this happened and it was an answer prayer. And then there's times I feel like I prayed this eloquent prayer. Oh, it was so beautiful. I mean, you could have wrote that and put that in the Sistine Chapel or whatever. Beautiful and nothing. Like just nothing happened. But see, it's understanding that, you know what, even, even if you feel like you're not eloquent in believing God or in your prayer time or in your prayer, it doesn't matter. It's about the faith that you bring to the table, right? So it says, for with God, nothing is impossible. So let it, that sink in, right? Let it sink in for a moment. That because we have this relationship, God delights in helping his children break through, right, barriers and overcoming challenges that we face every day. Now we're going to flip that because now we're going to look at it and say, hey, well, wait a minute. All of us in some way or another have barriers and challenges that are set before us. And God is able to get you through. His heart wants to get you through these barriers and these challenges that you're facing. And you think, wow, okay, okay. But let me, let me, let me give you a couple, couple of scriptures that just kind of, for me, proves the point. But Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 says, but the people who know their God, okay, that's, that's key, right? You got to know your God and not know your God just by the fact of just, oh, we're casual friends, right? Like, like I, I, I know my wife more than just, hey, what's up? Doing good? Awesome, right? But see, sometimes we kind of give God that nod on, just on a Sunday. Hey, God, what's up? Yeah, I'm going to raise my hands, I think, because everyone else does it, so that's cool. Okay. But see, he, we, but we got to know him deeper. But this is what it says. When we know, it says, but the people who know their God shall be strong. Okay. But then it says, and carry out great exploits. Meaning that, you know what? God wants you to overcome challenges. He wants you to overcome the barriers that sometimes set you back from not achieving what God has for you, for the plan that he has for you. Because he loves you. He cares about you. Another scripture, Psalm 34, 19 says, even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones. Do you hear that? Sometimes bad things happen. It says the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face, right? So it doesn't sound like he wants us to be stuck. It sounds like God wants us to be moving forward despite the barriers and the challenges that we may be facing, right? Even if they seem impossible. Even if you haven't heard of somebody else being, being um, delivered from that barrier or that challenge in your life. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone, this is key, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now, that's not the writer who has no pleasure. That's God. See, we have to look at it from God's lens, and God says, hey, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God 
God wants us to move forward. But see, what happens is we draw back because you know what happens? We end up all of a sudden trusting our own strength. Trusting our own abilities. Trusting that, you know what? Oh, well, you know what? I, 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 I can do this. I've got it all figured out. Man, it's all set and I, I'm good. I don't need God. He doesn't need to intervene. I mean, if he wants to show up, hey, that's cool. That's casual. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. But really, God's like, no, I, I want to be involved in all of it. Every single thing I want to be involved in it. But see, you have to recognize that, hey, I need him. Oh God, I need you. I need you to be involved. I need you to be involved in my sickness. I need you to be involved in my finances. I need you to be involved in my life or my, my spouse's life or my, my boyfriend's life or girlfriend's life or, or friend's life that don't know you. I, I need you to be involved. Instead of us just trying to, uh, man, I can do it in my own strength, in my, my own ability. But see, we've got to realize we need breakthrough from our challenges and our barriers, right? Because we can think, well, hey, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, Pastor Scott. I'm good. I don't need breakthrough. I'm a good Christian. I, I, I'm, 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 I don't need anything for God to break through something, right? But see, we always kind of put breakthrough in, in this perspective or this picture that breakthrough has to be something like big, right? Where all of a sudden it just boom, it happens. It sets someone free. It, it breaks the barrier, breaks the wall. It just kind of has a crushing down. But see, the thing is, we have to understand that the it, breakthrough and, and, the, and, the, and the challenges sometimes that we need are gradual. They come gradually. See, there might be some things in your life right now that you've been praying for for quite some time. And you're thinking, well, I, I don't need big breakthrough. Yeah, but you still want breakthrough in that area, right? You, you guys all know I've never, uh, you know, shied away from this, but man, I, I'm, di I, I'm diabetic. But I keep praying and I keep asking the Lord for breakthrough so that I can have healing in my body. I don't have to be diabetic. See, I believe God's word that says that I am healed, right? But I haven't seen the manifestation of it yet. I'm still experienced. I'm still getting doctors, medicine, and all this stuff that makes my body wacky. But I'm still trying to walk in faith, believing that God is going to come through with what my doctor calls impossible. It's impossible. No one gets cured of diabetes. That's what he told me. And I said, well, I thank you for that advice. But you know what? My trust is in the Lord. My trust is in what he says. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll go along and I'm, I'm going to kind of figure this out because I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, having my blood sugar sky high off the roof and I'm watching my diet and doing all these things. But man, I, I'm still believing God for the impossible. But I know it's possible because I believe in him. Right? So we have to have this resolve. We have to have this trust in his strength in his power, in his possibilities, in every detail of our life. Every detail. Romans 8.37 says, yet even in the midst of all these things. Well, man, do we have all those things? All of us have all these things, right? I mean, 2020, 2021, in the midst of all these things, it says this, we triumph over them all. 
I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one that wrote this. Okay, I just want to make sure you guys know that. I'm not the one that wrote it. But it says, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors. Does that sound weak? No. That his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Man, God loves you so much. I believe that he wants to show his love in such an extravagant way to you that you experience victory in every area of your life, even where it seems impossible. That's how good God is. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Here's what the passion says. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Man, to me, that's just so rich with an understanding that, you know what? God is for me, not against me. God is for you, not against you. And he wants to infuse you with power so that you can walk past and beyond the impossible of your difficulties or circumstances or challenges that you have to where you begin to walk this life that is in victory, right? And even if you're not seeing the victory happen right at the moment, believing that, you know what, the victory is still coming, but hey, I can still operate with those around me that they can have victory, Believing that, it, that, it, that it's true, right? But it's all about him working in you and you allowing him to work through you and in you, right? Because that's what's going to help. If you allow God, if you allow the Holy Spirit, if you allow Jesus, the Trinity, right, to work inside of you, you got to allow him because he wants to. But he's, you know, he, he makes sure that he's not pressing, you know, he, he wants to make sure that you're open to it. He's not going to force you. But we have to understand that we've got to allow him to work through us. So then those challenges and those difficulties and those things that are set before us, those barriers, all of a sudden begin to break down. All of a sudden begin to erode. Right? And again, like I said, breakthroughs don't happen suddenly all the time. Sometimes they are very progressive, step by step, right? Going forward. So, I want to kind of run through a couple things about the possible things where God is. L listen to this real quick. I've kind of lost my place in my notes, but that's okay. Because 1 Peter 5, 7 says, For he cares for you affectionately, and cares about you watchfully. Again, it's talking about God wanting to make sure that you know and recognize that he wants to be involved in your life. He's watching out for you carefully. Psalms 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life, but that's when we are allowing God to do the work in us. That's when we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. That God takes notice and he's directing your steps because you're not trying to do it yourself. You're allowing God to help you direct a step. And, and here's, here's the deal. God never misdirects your step for fun. Oh, I'm just going to jack with him a little bit. Right? He, he never does that. He's like, all right, hey, get him to go that way and then get him to go. No. God's like, no, no, no. I, I want to set you on a path. Right? 
to where each step is being ordered of him and you are, are making it through every challenge, every barrier, every situation that you face. But see, we have to be surrendered to him. We have to be surrendered to him, right? And this delight that he takes in us then allows us just to experience all that he has, all that he wants us to have. So what are some things in your life that you can think of that maybe, you know, are, are, that seem impossible to you? There might be something that you're like, man, yeah, that just seems impossible. You might be praying for somebody to have, receive salvation, and you just think, man, that is impossible. It seems like I've been praying since I was a wee one, right? A little kid praying for whoever. I mean, I just doesn't, I don't see any movement whatsoever. But see, we have to bring it back to the fact that, you know what? God is the God of the impossible. He can change anyone's heart, right? What about our health? What about us needing provision? Man, it seems impossible. God, God, this is my bank account. Oh my gosh, it's like $2 to the negative. But I need to pay this bill, or I need this, or I need that. And, and God's the God of the impossible, right? He is. I, I can't tell you how many stories about the times that when, when, when we were financially in a hardship and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know where this is coming from. And all of a sudden, God shows up and something is put in my mailbox or something, you know, someone mails something to us that we haven't talked to in a while. Hey, God just laid this on my heart. I wanted to be able to bless you, right? God is the God of the impossible. He is. So this year, we're believing that God has created for us and is calling us into a victorious year. So what we're going to kind of look at in this, this whole scope of the next five weeks is we're going to ex- examine five scripturally based steps that will set us on course for the Holy Spirit to grow us and to lead us into breakthrough in those areas. That's what we're going to be doing, right? Because really what we want to be able to see is God do what only God can do. That each one of us at the end of January or maybe even at the end of this year can look back at 2022 and go, man, only God could have done that. Yes, he used me. Yes, he, 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 he gave me some things to, to use as far as being a help in that. But only God could have done what God can do. So, now we're at Mark chapter 9. We're going to look a little deeper into this, okay? And then we're going to start in, in, in verse 14. But I'm going to pull out one passage of Scripture before we get to verse 14, and that is in verse 23. Because I really feel like this is kind of our theme verse, but it also sets the tone for the whole series. And it's Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Now, this is in the Passion Translation. If you have the New King James Version, it's going to say it a little bit different. Or if you've got NL, NLT or NIV or whatever version, but it's going to be right up here. It says, Jesus said to him. Okay, so he's saying it to this man. And, and by the way, this man was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't a disciple. He wasn't talking to a disciple. He wasn't talking to a religious leader. It was an ordinary Joe or ordinary Betty. Just like me and you, right? Okay, so just think about it. He says to him, what do you mean if? I'm going to stop right there. Think about that. 
Jesus is asking this question to this ordinary guy. He says, what do you mean if? Because in our life, there might be times that Jesus might say to you, what do you mean if? Lord, if you can do this, please do it. If you could touch this person, please do it. And Jesus would say, what do you mean if? I mean, that, that's cutting it right there. It says, if you are able to believe, guess what? You all have been born with the ability to believe God. All of you. So this right here put, puts you in this category. Would you say amen to that? Okay. It says, if you are able to believe, this is Jesus talking, all things are possible to the believer. All things. That didn't say some things. That didn't say, well, if you twist my arm, right? It doesn't say that. It just says, if you would believe what, what Scripture says, what the, the, what the Lord's speaking to you about, what he's leading you to, if you would just believe that, then man, there is, there is the ability to have the impossible happen. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, man, I, you know, I want $500 million and a Ferrari and all that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that when you look at Scripture and you know that God has a heart for people who are sick and he wants to see him healed because Jesus healed people, that you can go and you can pray for them and believe and, and, and believe for the possible to happen because God's the God of possible, not the God of impossible, right? But he says, all things are possible to the believer, right? So God is the only one that can bring about the impossible, but he can use you as a channel. He can use you as a, 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 a channel to be able to, to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. He can, he can use you as a channel to bring encouragement, to bring hope, to bring joy to people. See, don't discount yourself. Don't discount yourself. See, a lot of times we discount ourselves. Right? And, and, and I don't think there's probably anybody that would argue that God can do the impossible. Right? I don't think anybody would argue that, that statement. But see, where most of us struggle, we struggle to believe that God will do the impossible for us. Does that hit home a little? Oh, man, yeah, God can do the impossible. I totally believe that. But when it comes to me, yeah, it does not seem that God likes to do the impossible for me. And that, that, that's a real struggle for people. But see, in this scripture where Jesus says, if you are able to believe all things are possible, Jesus is sharing with us this kingdom principle. Okay? It's a kingdom principle, not a government, U.S. government principle, not a, 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 a natural human principle. He's sharing with us a spiritual principle, right? And, and it's a kind of principle that, that's expected of us because we're his children. 
that if you and I as believers would posture our life and posture our faith for the impossible, then believe God's word, right? Believe that he promised it, then all things are possible to us. All things are possible to us. And that's not to be, you know, big head. Oh yeah, look at me. I'm super Christian. Yeah, you know, no. I mean, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus walked in humility. Jesus was very humble before the Lord. But when the opportunity came and the Holy Spirit spoke to him, man, he did what God told him to do. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And so, you know what? He would lay hands on the sick. He would pray for people. He would do all of these things because he was submitted to God. So the impossible happened because Jesus, yeah, he was the son of God, but he was also man because he was submitted to the Father. He had relationship with the Father. And so if you kind of find yourself in this camp of, yeah, God, God, God can do the impossible, but he just doesn't do the impossible for me, then you know what? What we need to do is really begin to search the scriptures. Begin to look. Hebrews 11.6. Man, it instructs us. It says, and without faith living within us. Okay, so right there, that's the number one priority. Faith living in us. Where is our faith today? Only you know that. Where is our faith today? Only with faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Right? If we don't have faith, it says, and without faith, sorry, living within us, it would be impossible to please God. So that means faith has to live in us. It says, for we come to God in faith knowing. So you know, know these two things, right? That he is real. He is the God of the impossible. He can do the impossible. And that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Why would they put the word passionately in there? Think about it. Because we've heard that before. Yeah, we're supposed to seek him. But man, there's something about that word passionately. That means, you know what? Unabandoned. I remember first dating Heather. Man, I was passionate about finding time to, to be with her. I was, man, I'll do whatever it takes. Man, I'm going to clean the church super fast. I'm going to, you know, vacuum really good. Even if it's a little off, you know, the way the guy, the guy, the pastor I served under didn't like it that way. I'm still going to do it because I passionately wanted to be with her. Right? And then I would be with her and, you know, I'd be on La La Land and just, oh man, life's just great and wonderful. Whatever. She could do no wrong. But I was passionate about it. See, it's, it's taking that passion that we feel as humans towards another and translating it even, I think, to a greater degree for our love for Jesus, for our love of God. Can't wait to spend time with him. I get up in the morning, I can't wait to spend time with you. I can't, I can't wait to have fellowship with you. I can't wait to drive in my car and sing worship songs to you on the way to work. I can't wait to, to, to be able to just open up the Bible and read some scripture and let you talk to me and sink it in. But it's just got to be this passionate thing, right? But, but understanding that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So if you do what he asks, he will do the impossible for you. He will do the impossible for you. 
But again, we struggle with that truth for us. And so let me, let me read Mark chapter 9. I know I, I kind of had to set all that up a little bit and stuff, but Mark chapter 9. And we're just going to read through it kind of quickly, but I, one of the things I want to do, if you give me a little bit of time and a little bit of space, is I want to point out some of the areas that we struggle in, right? That, that sometimes we just struggle believing that God, God would do the impossible, because we can kind of find it within the context of this scripture. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 uh, through 18 says this. Now, when they came down the mountain to the other nine disciples, they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with the religious scholars arguing with them. So to set it up, Jesus is, is with his uh, three main guys, his three main disciples. They come down the mountain and the other nine disciples are there and they're talking with this guy and they got scholars around them too and all this. And there's kind of this discussion going around and everything. And they're kind of like, man, I wonder what's up. What's going on? Verse 15, the crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them. Man, think about that. Everyone's like, Right, anyways, okay. So, they saw him walking toward him, so they immediately ran, they ran to welcome him. Verse 16, what are you arguing about with the religious scholars? He asked them. Then, verse 17 says, a man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. Whenever... The demon takes control of him. It knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and his body becomes stiff, stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples hoping that they could deliver him, but they were not able to do it. Now, I'm going to stop right there. We struggle because we have tried to believe for the impossible, but it didn't happen. Right? I mean, we've prayed We've asked others to pray. We had people come down for the prayer line. I had people pray for me in the prayer line. Man, I've been memorizing, quoting scriptures, but nothing. Nothing's happened. So sometimes that causes struggle within us. Mark 9, uh, 19 through 20 says, Jesus said to the crowd, Why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus. As soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. So another area we kind of struggle with is the outward circumstances look overwhelming. You ever been in something like that where you're just like, man, the out man, it just looks way, way overwhelming. It looks like there's no way going to be breakthrough. In fact, it looks even tougher, right? I mean, the situation where all of a sudden the demon saw Jesus and was like, what? And then all of a sudden, you know, got him foaming at the mouth and doing all these crazy things and stuff like that. And they're like, oh my gosh, not even Jesus can do anything about it because look, 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 look what's going on, right? But see, we forget sometimes that, you know what? Even though the obstacle is getting tougher, Jesus is still in your corner. He is. And then 21 through 22, Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has your son been tormented like this? He said, since childhood. So that's a long time. He replied, it tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or into the water. But please, if you are able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
So this long-standing challenge that you and I face sometimes, the barriers we face sometimes, sometimes what that does, it erodes our hope. Man, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. It's just always been this way. It's not changing. I don't know, right? Have you ever felt, said that before? You ever felt that before? But see, it erodes our hope kind of takes it away like, man, I've been hoping and believing, but man, over time, since childhood, and now this guy, this kid's older, that's a long time. You ever been waiting for something for a long time? It can erode your hope. Verse 23 through 24 says, Jesus said to him, what do you mean if, if you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer? When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord, help my little faith. Okay, so we tend to struggle because we lost faith in our faith. Right? We lose faith in our faith. I believe that you can, but my faith level is so low, it doesn't even look like a mustard seed. It's that bad. But I love the fact that the the man says, Help my faith. Help my faith. Sometimes, man, we just got to get to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, help me. Help my faith. Because, man, it's, it's pretty small right now. But, man, he's so gracious, right? 25 through 26. Now, when Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Verse 26. The demon shrieked. And threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out of him. As the boy lay there looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead. We struggle because problems often get worse before they get solved. Right? We want this smooth, we want this change, this life change to happen right away. But see, that doesn't happen. A lot of times we get, there's more disruption and more chaos to it. So we believe that the impossible cannot happen. The impossible is dead. But see, we can't be that way. 27 through 29, but Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand and raised him up to his feet. Remember, man, he looked dead. He was, you know, but Jesus raised him up to his feet and he stood there there completely set free. So what looked dead, what looked impossible became possible, right? Afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the house, his disciples asked him in private, why couldn't we cast out the demon? He answered them, this type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. And this kind of last one is we kind of struggle believing for the impossible because we're not willing to pay the price for the impossible. We're not willing to pay the price. We don't want... We want results without doing the work. But we know in professional sports, right, you you just automatically make it to the major leagues or or to NFL or whatever. You got to do the work. You got to put in the work in order to experience becoming a professional athlete. Just doesn't happen. Same principle. If we want to see God do the impossible in our life, we got to put in the work. We've we've got to put in the work. And diligently, remember Hebrews eleven six. What is it? Diligently seek Him, make Him a priority. And so, 
Let me give you three things really quick. I promise I'm not going to hold you over too long. But let me give you three things. If any of these strike a chord with you, okay? If any of those things where you're going, yeah, I fall into that category. Yeah, I fall into that category. I'm putting this together. I'm thinking, that's me. That's been me. Yeah, Lord, that's me. Right? So if you, if, you, if you fall into this, and this is really, again, kind of the introductory uh, message of, of this whole uh, five-week series, we have to realize these things, okay? First, you have to realize nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Say the word nothing. Okay? Nothing is impossible for God. Yeah, and I, I get it. It sounds elementary, right? But, but do we really believe that? That's the question. Do we really have faith to believe that God operates beyond our sight, right? Beyond our smell, our taste, our feel, right? The human stuff that we can tangibly grab a hold of or, 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 or encounter. See, God moves at a supernatural faith. He moves to a supernatural faith, and this supernatural faith, Romans chapter 4, 17 says, this is how supernatural it is. It says, God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So why can't we go to our Father and say, I got an impossible situation. Will you speak life to it? Will you help me to speak life to it? to that impossible situation. So God's faith goes beyond sight. It operates supernaturally beyond the limitations of our natural faith. We've got to understand that. But see, when we we develop our faith to the point where it's actively reaching forward without wavering to grab a hold of what God has promised, the impossible is doable in our life. It just is. When we've grabbed all, when we put in the work, when we diligently seek Him and allow Him to continue to just meditate and allow it to grow inside of us, man, the impossible is doable. But see, here's the deal. What happens is a lot of times we get lured out of this faith by our fleshly weaknesses. We do. 1 Corinthians 10, 17 says this. This is in the Passion Translation. I'm going to insert part, some of the New King James words. But it says, we all experience times of testing or temptation, which is normal or common for every human being. Now, in the Greek, the word temptation refers to an aggressive outside source that targets a weakness in your flesh and begins to put pressure and begins to lure you into a trap so that, right, mentally or emotionally, it can take you down. It can take you down. It wants to destroy you. It wants to destroy the, any faith you have in, in yourself or have, have in God. Right? And if we don't recognize it, man, we will be hooked. And next thing you know, we are off believing God for the... We're, we're totally off. We're not even thinking God can believe, do the impossible. We're thinking, well, it, it's, impo- it's impossible and I got to try to figure out something in my own strength. And there's another thing about this that Paul says, which to me is like kind of blows me away, right? But these temptations or challenges are not to be blown out of proportion. Not to be blown out of proportion because he says they're common. 
Right? A lot of times we think, oh my gosh, my situation, my, my problem, my, my thing is so huge and so big. Oh man, this is just terrible. When, when Paul's trying to say, hey, you know what? This temptation or the things that you're encountering, go to anybody else and they've probably might have encountered that. Right? It's, it's all of us have experienced those things. All of us have kind of had to walk through these things. All of us kind of have things. And then what you should do is, is be able to look at it and say, okay, well then, how did you overcome it? Look for people who have overcome the challenges or the obstacles that are in your way. Right? You know, you might have someone that comes and says, you know what, I mean, I just can't like get into reading my Bible. I, oh man, you know what, I had that struggle too. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me share with you a couple things I did. Or let me help you. Or maybe, hey, maybe we can get together and read together and I can encourage you. And help you like read it a little bit better and understand it a little bit better. And we can, man, start a journaling group together. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Hey, I know a couple other people that don't really know how to read their Bible either. Oh, okay, hey, come. Let's, let's get more people involved. But see, you've got to be a resource for people if you've overcome some things in your life. Instead of just holding it all to yourself. And just saying, oh, no, I, I overcame, but I'm not going to let anybody know I did. No, 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 no. Let people know. Because you might be a channel, right? A, a, a vessel that God can use to bring deliverance, bring the impossible to the possible for people. Okay? There is nothing impossible for God concerning you. Nothing. Okay, let me finish this, this uh, First Corinthians scripture. It says, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it, right? He's all about it. You can bear it. It's, it's, not, it's not that big. It's, it's, you know, things happen. But it says, each test is an opportunity to trust him more, right? Grow your faith. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape. What? Think about that. We don't think sometimes that God has provided us a way of escape, but he has. But see, are we diligently seeking him? Lord, what's the escape? What do you want me to do? I guarantee you, he will speak to you. He will show you what the way of escape is and will bring you out uh, of it to victory. Victoriously, sorry. The second thing you have to realize is God, no one is excluded by God. No one is excluded by God. The Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons. And what he has done for one, his heart is to do it for another. Okay? Including you. Think about it. You are no different than anybody in the Bible that had victory over something. That had the impossible, that received breakthrough, either healing or deliverance or provision in the Bible. The only thing that might be the difference is your faith that God can do it. That might be the only thing. Otherwise, God looks at you and goes, man, you have the same opportunities as the blind guy in the Bible. You have the same opportunity to come to me as, as the, the lady with the issue of blood who touched the hem of the garment. You have the same opportunities but see, are we willing to take it? Are we willing to walk in that? This is what Peter said in Acts chapter 10. Peter said, no, I'm sorry, now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism. Right? He doesn't put one above the other. With people, but treats everyone on the same basis. 
It makes no difference what, what race of people or ethnicity one belongs to. If they show, if they show, if they show, it's worth repeating a couple of times. If they show deep reverence for God and are committed to doing what's right, they are acceptable before Him. Not before man. You're acceptable before God if you start doing the right things that God wants you to do, right? And you keep this deep reverence for Him. And what's really cool is this, this Greek word, accepted or acceptable, means to extend the hand, receive someone into your intimate circle. Think about that. God's like, hey man, come on into my intimate circle. Man, I see your heart's pure. Your heart's right, man. You're on fire. You know, you're, you're, you're pressing in. So that, that just tells us, right? The next time you feel like everyone else but you is, in the, is a member of the blessing club, okay? You got to stop and realize, you know what? God has no favorites. I'm not favored over you. I'm just like you. And God, you're one, of, you're one of God's favorites. You really are. And it's just recognizing and realizing that. Man, I'm one of his favorite people in the entire world. But see, what happens is, is we've got to get ourselves in a position and stay there of, of, of pursuing him diligently. Because when you pursue him diligently, guess what? Man, you start to even sense that you're his favorite not a favorite above, you know, your spouse or your friend or whatever, but just, man, you're one of his favorites, right? I, I, it, it's funny, we have a friend um, over the years or whatever, but man, anytime I talk to her, I mean, she's always talking about how she's God's favorite. And I'm always like, give it a break, right? But, but, but she's convinced, she, she knows, she's, she's spent time to the fact that where she's just like, no, I'm one of God's favorites. I just am. Because I've got this relationship flowing with him or whatever. And so, man, it really checks me because, you know, sometimes I can be kind of cynical and kind of just like, you know, sarcastic and all that. But I think, man, I, I got to build myself up to the point where I recognize, man, you know, I'm one of God's favorites. I really am. And so, so, so are you guys. Okay? But see, what we, once, we got, once we start getting that all in there, man, we are welcomed enthusiastically into God's circle. God's like, yeah, come on in, man. No standing outside. Oh, geez, I wish. Oh, I wish. No, God's like, come on in, man. Come in. Remember, remember the table we talked about? Come to, come to the table. Let's partake with each other. And let me, lastly, let me give you the last one that you have to realize, okay? Every Christian can develop faith for the impossible. This is such the key. Every single Christian can develop faith for the impossible. And that means you, right? Now, this is where the Holy Spirit's help comes in. And your intentionality comes in, okay? Romans 10, 17 says this, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is what the message says. It says, before you trust... You have to listen. <laughs> I love how like, just practical that is. Before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, 
There's nothing to listen to. What's your number one priority of what you're listening to? That's what that's saying. Is Christ's word, is the word of God your number one priority to what you're listening to? I mean, you can listen to all the other stuff. You can listen to CNN and Fox and and all those other things and things that you're encountering throughout the day and all that. Yeah, but what's the number one thing? What's the number one thing that's set in your heart? Because if you allow God's word to be the number one thing that's set in your heart, then you know what? Faith begins to grow. Almost to the point, and I'm going to be bold by saying this, you won't even want to listen to CNN or Fox News or whatever because you're like, that's poppycock that, or, or whatever. I don't know whatever that came from. But, but that's, that's just, you know, some crazy word. Because you know what? I'm living by a standard of God's word. And so... What seems impossible is actually possible because of what God's doing. So it develops our faith for the impossible. But it's us being diligent to get God's word in our heart by seeking him, what? Diligently. So as, as we've turned the corner to 2022, man, will you make an effort to seek him diligently? Will you make an effort? I mean, because that's why... We're taking January, right? To understand the five biblical steps to experience breakthrough. And then why our LCF theme for the the year is only God can do it. Say it with me. Only God can do it. Right? So no matter what happens around us, no matter what takes place, this year we will be intentional to build our faith, to posture ourselves for God to do the impossible, listen, in our church, right? Man, I am praying every day for revival. You know, and people say, well, man, revival could be, who knows? But you know what? God is a God of revival. So it's possible with him. Revival within our church, revival within our community, revival throughout the world. To see God move like never before. But see, we have to posture ourselves for that. We got to believe the impossible. God, you know what? It's possible. We got to believe God, man. It's possible for you to bring revival. It's possible for you to be. It's possible. Because I believe. I've set my heart to believe you above all else. So will you engage with us this year? Will you engage with us? And there's a couple things to engage. One way is to start, as Pastor Heather had said, is the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now that starts on January uh, 10th. Sorry. That starts on January 10th. And... We, we would love for you to join with us. Now, when it says 21 days of prayer and fasting, you might not be able to fast food, okay? But you can fast TV. You can fast social media. You can fast something and give that time over to God, right? And pray during that time. And really, you know what? This whole fasting and prayer thing is, is, is not for you to convince God that you're, you know, you're all, oh, man, I'm serious this time, or I'm super spiritual, or I'm deserving. But really, your fasting and prayer is to clear away the distractions, right? So if you're going to fast TV, man, don't be trying to like pray and hear, you know, 
TV going on, right? Don't try to, uh, you know, just do that. No, set yourself apart. The other part is, man, it's, it's, it's sensitizing your heart to hear from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. But see, what happens is our heart is so desensitized to it because we allow so much in. That's not him, by the way. That it just gets it all muddled and, 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 and mixed up. And then it just builds our faith when we spend time in the word and prayer. That's what, what it's for. It's not to say, oh, look at me, I'm super Christian. I'm fasting in prayer, you know. But it's to say, God, you know what? I'm going to take that time. And so, you know, grab, grab one of these things. It's got some, some guidelines on it. It's got some things on there, you know, for you to kind of look through or whatever. And like I said, it doesn't start until the 10th. So you've got a whole week to, to decide. What exactly am I going to do when it comes to this thing? And you know what? Even if it's, I'm just going to tell you, I don't, I don't want you to feel, because I'm, I'm just not this type of guy. I don't want you to feel you've got to have a large chunk in the fasting and prayer, even if it's a small thing. Even if for you, like, hey, this is really kind of a new thing for me. And if I can just give God 10 minutes, I'm not asking for an hour. Just give God 10 minutes. Alone time, you and him, maybe a scripture or two and prayer and trying to do what this says. Man, you are on the right path. Okay, so don't feel overwhelmed and go, oh my gosh, that's going to cost me, you know, or it's going to be so overwhelming. No, do it at your pace. Do it at the pace that God will tell you to do it. Ask him simply, God, how do you want me to do this? And he'll tell you, I promise. And then the, the last thing here is we're, we're gonna, just going to take communion real quick. Okay? And I don't mean real quick as in like, hey, we're just going to try to blow through it. But man, it's the first of the year. And I feel like it's so important for us to consecrate ourselves. Right? To use this communion time to consecrate ourselves in, in a position to say, Lord... I don't know what the possible is right now, but I'm going to consecrate myself to believe for the impossible this year. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join my church. I'm going to go with all three campuses. I'm going to go with our Catawba campus, and we're going to start believing for the impossible to be possible in this place. Because church this church was built for a reason in this community and I am on a mission between me and the Lord to figure out why because I know it was built for a reason smack dab right here and man my heart is, is seeking the Lord Lord why right here? What is it that you have for, what's our assignment in this area, in this community, so that we can touch people's lives with the gospel? So that they become saved, they can grow and be disciples. And so, join me in that. Join me in, 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 in believing God. Consecrate yourself with this communion. Um, I don't, uh, do I have communion? Oh, I do have communion, cool. It's one of those things you tell everyone else to have it, but you don't have it. Um, and I, I and I really would be amiss without reading at least a portion of our communion thing. But man, it's such a such an honor to take communion before the Lord. In Matthew twenty six, 
26, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body. This, his body was broken, it says. It received stripes so that we could have healing in our body. It's like withdrawing something from a, a bank. I got to cut on that. Withdrawing something from, from a bank and saying, Lord, you provided this for me today when I take communion. One, not only am I consecrating myself, but two, also I'm believing, God, that you are the healer. You are the great physician. You are the one who can heal every disease, everything that has been, you know, declared to me by man. See, let God have a word. Let God have a say in what the diagnosis is. And so if you would, go ahead and take that piece of bread or whatever this is and go ahead and eat it. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this. This is a symbol of your body that was bruised and broken. You were afflicted for all of our transgressions, all of our sin. And I thank you that this, this bread represents healing. It represents wholeness. It represents everything that we need to walk with you in victory. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for healing. It says then in verse 27 that he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my body of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day that when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. <laughs> That's so cool. It says in verse 30, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. If you would, take your juice. Lord Jesus, we thank you that this juice represents the blood of the new covenant that you made with us as children of God. And I thank you that this blood that, that, that's represented in this juice covers us from head to toe. The blood of Jesus covers us head to toe. There is forgiveness of sin. Lord, if there's sin in our life, Lord, we come and ask for forgiveness right now. We ask, Lord, as a symbol of this blood, that that forgiveness, that righteousness reigns in our life right now. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. And so if you would... I love how that ends when it says that they sang a hymn or they sang a song after they had taken communion. And so I've asked Amy to lead us in a, in a song real quick. But, but let this be a time of consecration. Let this be a time of worship. Let this be a time where it's just you and Jesus spending time together and, and really just setting your heart and saying, Lord, maybe 2022 has started off crazy already, but I thank you that from this day forward, again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.